Blog Talk Radio. The moment has arrived. Hello, my people. To the world is You're now listening live. The queen is your host for the cameras. Tune in. Time is now for the even more fabulous. Fabulous, fabulous. You are now listening to the Mother Love Show. You are now listening to the Mother Love Show. You are now listening to the Mother Love Show. Love Show, Love Show, Love Show, Love Show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the world of Dr. Mother Love and Mr. Cool TLC. Well, you never know what we're going to talk about. Well, you can when you go to Facebook and, and Twitter and, and a Tumblr. You'll know what we're talking about on today and on the other yesterdays. Welcome to the program, all of you. It's the even more fabulous Mother Love and Mr. Cool TLC. What it be like with you, Mr. Cool TLC? Always light skin on my end. Ask your friend because that's where it begins. All right, I said it again, my friend. <laughs> You have that's got to do. be. That's you got, and you got to let it do what it do. That's the that's the whole beauty of this, because we can let it do what it want to do and do what we want to do. And right now, I'm just it, it's just so much crap going on that it doesn't seem like we can, you know, we can hold on with the, to we, to each other so we can get through this madness. And it seems like even when we get through the madness, even when we feel like we could get a break, I mean, we went through the pandemic with COVID-19 and, you know, the variant and all that. And, you know, people are still um, getting back to, you know, getting to another place. I mean, a lot of people lost their businesses, and a lot of businesses have been doing things really underhanded that are getting them into a lot of trouble. One is this uh, poultry factory in in Mississippi. A boy, 16 years old, got was killed while working on the line. So, first of all, it's against the law to have 16-year-olds in those kind of factories because it's just too dangerous. And OSHA and the Labor Department, you know, they got their own investigations going. But I, I just wonder what goes through the mind of, of these uh, comp- these owners that would put a child like that on the Well, I've seen it before in a couple of countries. But what's your take on that? And they're they hiring these little kids, and they keep saying people can't find jobs because they're wrong. They, and, and that's not the first one. That was the second one in two years. All right. I mean, they just because I mean, okay. First of first of all, let's let's just say what it is. It's jobs out here. People are just picky on what they want to do. Any money beats no money at all. But we don't live in that world because we live in the America. America says you could be whatever you want to be and you could do whatever you want to do to a certain extent. That's what they say. But then you got the labor laws. You know what I'm saying? You got the labor laws that they they, they don't even they ain't even honor them because. They, they don't apply to corporations. But these, it these does laws apply. don't apply to corporations. No, no, it no, does, it, doesn't. it doesn't apply to corporations. No, it does. If it does, if it does, why they ain't following the rules? Oh, that's well, that's right, because it don't apply to them. Okay, and so they, and this is this what got me. Um, they said that a, a violation, a company found to be in violation, could face a federal fine of more than $30,000 per incident. The one person that died two years ago, they paid a fine of $27,000 and some, and some dollars, you know, for whatever it was. And this young guy that just was killed the other day in this, in this poultry, and it's a poultry uh, factory. And he's 16 years old, and I couldn't understand it because I started working at 14. 
because they said, remember, we, we could work for the, oh, what was the name of the cool? The summer program, what was the summer program's name? Yeah, but you had to be just turning 15. Okay. Because yeah, if you was, was working and you were 14, yeah, you had to be 15 and 16 up. Oh, right. Only but you wasn't, in, work you wasn't working in right. the factory. No, well, only the only place I could work at fourteen was in the in the uh, inside of the school. So I washed dishes on my uh, two my lunch break, and um, I had another uh, free period, and I worked and washed dishes in there, and I did that till I graduated from high school. And they talk about then my right. friends coming through like, why are you in here washing dishes? I'm like, cause I can make I can get a paycheck. And they was looking at they pay you. I'm like, yeah, they pay. Snipe. I couldn't think of the name of it. It was Snipe. Remember that program? And all of us teenagers had jobs, had summer jobs. And now they're saying that the summer jobs are coming back. But is it at the risk of hiring somebody too young to be on the line, to be in a factory, when you know that the office, that the OSHA office and the Labor Department, there's rules and regulations of what you can do and what you can't do. Okay, now if they could go in and remember the bird flu came when it was the bird flu, the AV, avian the avian flu, something like right. that with the bird flu. And they had to destroy right. And they just destroyed tw- 2 million chickens not too long ago because they had some kind of thing. Why don't you have, they they got to have some kind of plan in place, to, you know, to, to to make sure the people are safe. And, of course, you know, they came out, the uh, the uh, uh, factory came out and said, well, you know, we, we the safety is the first thing. That's our first priority. Okay, well, if you want a safety, oh, that, that changed back to my voice. You changed it back to, uh, you're going back to, and following the rules, you wouldn't have 16 years old, and they could get five. So that's what a per they put a dollar sign on a person's life. I was talking to my husband. He said, you know why they're doing it, honey. You know, I'm so cheap labor. They fussing about the immigrants coming over here. They come fussing about them be coming over here illegally, and, and we, we need to close the border, and they to put barbed wire up. So see, okay, but then they say they don't have any workers. They don't have anybody to do the harvest. They don't nobody work. Americans are too lazy. They think they're too good to work in a factory. When you hear that, what goes through your head? You a working man? Hey, I mean it is what it is. It, it, it wouldn't be a lot of jobs out here if people was working. Everybody picky about what they want to do, and that's great. But if you ain't got no money, some money beats no money at all. So that ain't your design job. Just do it so you can put some money in your pocket. But, no, nah, that's too hard. I ain't got to do that. Well, sit at home. Sit at what? home and see how far that gets. And don't be calling me. Talking about, you know, and the young kids. Oh, and no, I'm you, you can't call me. Behind. You, oh, you can't call me because you ain't got no phone. You ain't got no phone. You ain't got no job. <laughs> Who, how your phone staying on? You can't call me. So that, and, that's eliminated. And I thought, I don't know why I thought, even when the cell phones came out, because when they first came out, they was like big giant boom boxes on your ear. And they got down to where they could fit in the palm of your hand. And people didn't, and everybody had one of those things. And it was just ridiculous. But now they feel like, uh, well, uh, you should do this for me. Okay, and what are you going to do for me? Well, why I got to do anything for you? And I we just had this conversation with one of our relatives calling up and saying he, he needed something. Now, this kid doesn't call us. They've been off all summer long, right? And he picked up the right. phone and called and said, hey, auntie, how you doing? What's up doing? You know, dog kissed my foot. I was just calling. I don't want nothing. No, we don't get that. This was the conversation. Hey, uh, 
it's, I ain't going to call them. It's, uh, it's so-and-so and such-and-such. Such. Mm-hmm. And he goes and he says, well, uh, I, I need you to help me with my football equipment. And he, I, he didn't raise his voice. He used no profanity. Because, see, I would, as soon as he said hmm. that, I'd have hung up on him. And like he said, your our relationship with your parents is our relationship with your parents. Your relationship with us is going to be our relationship. You can't sit up here and say, well, my my dad and mom, they too busy or they can't do so and so and such and such. You need to get a bus pass then. Like you said, you oh, can't, yeah. ain't got a phone. So that's, that's <laughs> he ain't got a phone. As soon as they call me, and you know me, mm-hmm. here we go, Mr. Petty always ready to do some foolery. Listen, as soon as he said, I need her, like that, so he said, I need her, uh, uh, $50 or whatever he might have needed. I'd have been like, oh, my God, did you hear what happened? He like, what happened? Oh, my God. Do you know Nita? Yeah, Nita died. Nita died. Nita died. What you mean? Nita who? Nita $50. That's what that, that died. That died. All right. And they, nice and they day. don't get it, and especially when their relatives are real close friends, you know, uh, uh, they feel like, well, why can't you do this? You're doing so and such and such and such. You don't know what I'm doing. I could be robbing Peter to pay Paul just because I don't come to you, and I couldn't come to them. I I'm, I, I told you one time, I had, we they thought we was the Bank of Mother Love and Kennedy. And so, I mean, there was nothing wrong with me helping them, but when they say, I want to borrow, can you loan me? I expect it to be paid back. And if, even if it's not today, you know, I expect it to be paid back. Well, see, what I found out with relatives and close friends, they feel like they're entitled no. to be in uh, your Yeah. <laughs> because you, did, you forgot. Loan and borrow is B and L. Give me is G. They don't really know their <laughs> alphabet, so they don't know how to really spell. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got the acronyms together yet to understand what it means. And I, I mean, right. I mean, with outlandish stuff. I remember I was, we were looking for uh, an assistant to help us in the office, you know, do the phone calls and, you know, help us with the paperwork and what have you. It was lightweight, you know, they, nice place. Our, our office was really nice and, you know, nice air conditioner. And, you know, we had fixed it up nice. You know, she's going to be, you know, the, the first person that they talk to, the first person that they see on our behalf, right? She comes in right. the first day. She comes in, oh, this is really lovely, Mother Love. Now, is this my space? I said, yeah, this is your space, your computer, what you got to do. She sat down, and she said, uh, okay, now you tell me what the job description was. Okay, well, when do I get paid? I said, you get paid in two weeks. I need to see what you do in a week, and then you'll get paid. She was going to get paid every two weeks. But I said, we could do it every week. Well, anyway, she said, oh, if you could do that, then this one, I'm going to need you to buy me a car. See, and that's Nita, what happened. What the room fell silent. Why is Nita in our conversation? I don't even know Nita. Nita <laughs> is not in our conversation. Who is Nita? Because you keep saying that. Anita needs $50. I need her. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Okay, I know you, but who is the Nita part? That's who well, I'm trying to figure out. I need her. That sounds like two people right there. I right need, and and need Nita. Nita. 
that's two people. That's two. I don't know Nita. I don't know Nita. Need to get a job. Nita need to get a job. Nita need to get a job. I, I was Quicker. when our son, we, we were still living in Cleveland, and our son was about maybe 10 or 11 years old, and he he's our only child. So, you know, he done got spoiled. He ain't worth a quarter right now. He, that's my spoiled brat, baby. Yes, he is. So, anyway, he came in, and he asked me to give him $5, and I said, what do you want $5 for? Whatever it is, I'm taking it off the end of your allowance. He said, oh, okay, he didn't know what that meant. So he said, well, can you give my friend $5, too? I said, he better go ask his mama for 5 You'll be asking hey, nobody. No You'll be asking me for your friend. <laughs> he was like, he was just taken aback, you know, and he was asking for somebody. Cause he said, I said, why would you ask me that? He said, because he don't have no money, Mom. I was like, you need to go over there and talk to his mama. No, this ain't the bank of mama. <laughs> and they just think, you know, I told you. <laughs> I've been, I've, you know me, I'm petty all the time. I love your stories because they make me so petty. I love your stories. Because soon as he said, soon as he said, why don't you give my friend five dollars? Why don't your friend give me a social security number? Okay, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. This, this conversation can stop right now. Right now. I can't write him off on my taxes. There, I don't know. Right, I can't write him off on my taxes. See, no, you can't write them off on your taxes. I'm, and I found out from yeah, a I'm very early age. <laughs> right. And she could be a needer too, but it ain't getting ready to jump off right here. It is not no, going to jump her off. To say, I'm just calling her to say, can I claim your son this year? Because he came over here for, for money for me. And I just know Cause he can't y'all should have a job. But I, You're I, right. I so think, he borrowed money and I to use Social Security though. In all seriousness, though, we really got to get uh, – see, and I don't know why they keep kicking the immigrant, the illegal immigrant uh, uh, issue down the road for the next uh, the next administration or, you know, what are we going to do now? we we'll just kick it down to the – and you know, 90 – except for the Native Americans and the black people that was brought over here on the boat – Everybody is an immigrant. They was over here illegally, and they wasn't. They were coming over from the border. And everybody always think it's just the people from South America. Oh my goodness! Wait a minute, we got to turn that. That's off. probably somebody from South America called you. Well, yeah. tell me what you saying, Mother Love? Uh uh-uh, uh, no. <laughs> no, Mother Love. I heard what you were talking about. That is not who you're talking to me. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm affirming myself, of course. Like, you are not going to be talking about me and my people. <laughs> and, and that's, Look here. And I think it's so unfair because, you know, and people, a lot of these people are such freaking hypocrites when it comes to talking about, um, uh, Ill, and I hate that they call them illegal aliens. They don't such thing as an illegal alien. These are human beings, and they're looking for a better life. And they you keep saying, they keep telling you they're running up here because they, it is so dangerous in their community. Well, if the drug lords keep killing up people, they ain't going to have anybody to drug lord over. So why not help them in their country if you're so concerned about that? I don't think they want to be, I don't think they really want a solution a viable solution to the um, immigrants coming over the borders to be, live a free and better life. Even, I mean, I've seen uh, uh, Latina families, they will come and, 
have 16 people living in one apartment, and everybody pitch in in the paycheck, and they eventually get out and get their own places, and they and they pay taxes. Oh, yeah. They are bought. They're viable, productive members of society, and you want to, the government wants to malign them about being here illegally and doing all kind of stuff and, you know, sucking up the resources, but they say nothing, nothing about these gajillionaires who refuse to pay their fair share of taxes. We had a president that looked that y'all had a president. He said that stupid people pay taxes. I ain't paid taxes in 18 years. And it's like, oh, we don't see that. We didn't really hear that. Oh, we just want him to be our president. Oh, he said he could go and go. And this is, this is what we get. This is what we get. And you're talking about at the, at the borders down here in Texas and when you see these people, these young people in these cages, you know, being stripped from their parents, isolated from anybody that they know, and they, parents don't know if they can ever see their kids again. And this is what you think we should be running on, the platform of that, dogging people out who want a better way of life? I mean, that's what they think. That's what they think. They they think, you know, sometimes, I'm going to just say this, and I'm probably be hated. Sometimes Americans are very ignorant because we are privileged. We don't have to live how these other countries live. You know, if you, if you know anything, right, if you know anything about Russia, Russia told you what you was going to be. You you can say, oh, I want to be a scientist. They was like, no, you're going to be a taxi no. driver. They were told right. what to do. <laughs> you can't be smarter than me. Right, but that that's the, that they gave you a job, and that's the job you did. But America is the land of the free. You get to any job you want to, but that's what makes us so ignorant about the stuff that go on or other countries don't like us because they say we ain't go through nothing. We going but, through prejudice and racism. Yeah, that's it. But you, that's why we they call it the American dream. We starvation and bombs. Right. Right, because well, we, it's yeah. a dream, all right. Right. And, and and people would work together and, and communities together. And when they were coming over, it was like, you know, they, they were in clusters. You know, the poor people that came over from, you know, that they had been uh, f- flushed out of Germany by the, by Hitler and, and all of those other countries, you know, coming over here, they would cluster into their into to the people that they know and the language, and they had their own little niche. And, we, I mean, you think about it. Black people used to almost own Harlem. And now you'd be lucky if you see 10 black people up there now because they have so gentrified the area. Same thing in Cleveland. Cleveland, Cleveland came up and bought up, what did they buy up all the Carnegie and Cedar Avenue? Because every time I come, it's a different building. They didn't just took over. Oh, yeah, and I they, mean, they, people, they, yeah, they're they, yeah, they taking over. They just do what exactly what they want to do. And then, you know, and I'm going to just say this because it's a myth. And I'm going to keep saying this to the day I die. Everybody didn't come over here on no slave ship. No, so they did not. Y'all can cut that out, saying that everybody came from slavery because they didn't. They didn't. It was people over here way before slavery. Because America wasn't America. It was just a continent. It wasn't even a, It wasn't even America. Right, they had it had to get built so, when it, when King George put all them people out of oh, I, I'll put them out of the British colonies and so going over there and he wanted to dump out the prisons 
He wanted to, you know, send away the people who looked different. You know, they used to think dwarves and 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 midgets were uh, little people, and they were thinking that they had been cursed or something was wrong with them the way they used to treat people. You know, because like they had control over how what they were going to look like and who they was going to be when they were born. And the way that they ostracize women, and it's still going on. You, it might not be at well, no, it's pretty blatant because the former 45th president was found guilty of sexual harassment on E. Jean uh, Carroll. And we're in the 21st century, and you still got people doing this crazy stuff and thinking it's all right, and you want to put children to work where they could jeopardize their health and their life. And I just would ask everybody, all of us, this was somebody's child, the other guy was somebody's husband, son, brother, uncle. This kid didn't even get a chance to do that because he worked. He went to work to help his family. You know, I just wish more people and more families would see the importance of, you know, pooling our resources together, you know, making sure that some kind of a legacy is left besides a legacy of death and destruction and drug dealing. Because I'm telling them, you know, drug dealing don't have no 401K plan. So what you going to do when you like 55 uh-huh. and you can't get on the corner no more? What you going to do then? Yeah, and you ain't put your money up, Ray Ray Earl, Shy Shy, Mook Mook, Dan. I'm just saying. And, they, and, they, and when you and I see them, I see these people come, young people, because and this kind of goes into that. People who think the world owes them something because they're here. I just ask that everybody that pray for these people's families and keep yourself uplifted in prayer and pray for other people and especially pray for the people that you don't like. It's easy to pray for people you like. The faith comes in when you I can't stand. Okay, Lord Jesus, help me brighten my tongue. I could do better. And people don't, and I, I was, you know, that's what we, that's how they are. And they're, these people, I'm, ta- I'm now we're moving on to personalities. And I was doing, I was doing something, and I was talking to somebody, and you know, I was at a retreat, and everybody goes around the, uh, goes around uh, and introduces themselves, and you know, say what do they think of themselves. And so when it got around to me, I said. Uh, well, I figured they, there's nothing wrong with it being about all about me in certain situations. And he said, well, you, we know who the narcissist is. And I said, well, if you look at it that way, I would suppose I would be, I could, I could have some of the traits of a narcissistic person, you know. And I would want to ask you, do you think right. that that's like a, a trait that comes simply because of our DNA or is that something that's trumped up when we see, I, I want to talk about the what you call them, that the, the idea came about because that we have we got the we got the proletarians, that's the poor people, and then we got the bourgeoisie class, and they want to keep those two classes. I'm in the bourgeoisie class. I tell you what to do, what to say, how to be. That's how Russia was, and the bourgeoisies are the ones. I tell you that, and the proletarians are us. We're the, we're the lowly poor people, and we, we don't know much. We need you, Mr. Bourgeoisie, Mrs. Bourgeoisie, to show us what we need to do and be subservient at your feet. And people went along with it because it gave them something to strive right. for. And they were never, and a lot of times they're never going to get there. So, do you have narcissistic traits? Do you think, or do you think all of us have? Every, everybody, everybody does. Everybody has the same trait. They can deny it and say it's not there. They can do whatever you want. Lie to yourself because you'll lie to somebody else quicker. But we <laughs> all have that trait. We all got that trait because we all can be somebody else. And a snap of a finger. That's the See. problem. We can be somebody else in the snap of a finger. So to cause somebody 
narcissistic and 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 and, and you know and, and they this and yeah you know just to call them that that that, that you already got the issue because you 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 know now you judging what they is but look back at yourself and say did you ever have them traits you might lie to yourself and say oh no I ain't never been like that I guarantee you somewhere in your life you've been like that it might have been a second it might have been a minute but somewhere in your life you was you was just like that see and i think narcissism uh you know the narcissistic people you know the ones that i've been around that feel entitled they feel entitlement. Oh, no, I, I, I'm supposed to have the best of everything. I'm supposed to live my life this way and that way. And a lot of times people would say, well, you think you entitled. And I used to hate when they would say this to me. Oh, you just want to be white. All right. What? Are you in what? Yeah, I don't have them to be. I, I, I couldn't, even, I couldn't even talk to them no more. I couldn't even talk to them no more because they want to stay down here on this rung, and this doesn't have anything to do with the color of my skin. This has to do with what kind of person am I going to be, how I'm going to present myself to the world, and how I want the world to, to look when they look at me, that they see the good things. You know, and I think often, and especially with entertainers, I think they a lot of them are self-enamored. They think it's all about me. It's me, it's me, it's me. I'm the biggest star. I'm the prettiest one in the room. I've got the biggest car. I've got the most toys. And they have a lack of empathy for other people. And, I, you know, when you see it, I think oftentimes we, we either – don't see it or we ignore that it's there. You know, you had a friend that, or a relative that comes around and they, you know, you, me and you could be mm-hmm. talking about beer cans and tennis shoes and they come and sit right in the middle of the conversation, don't know what's going on, but they feel the need to take over the conversation because when they walk in the room, they need to get control. And I've seen this happen. And I've seen people just like, look like tower down, especially if they're, you know, have a big personality. You know, but I, I don't think that you do that against people. And I think that, it, it, you know, I think there is something to the narcissist and the nar- and narcissistic people. Because if you think highly of I yourself, mean, yeah. you, you could get other people yeah, to think but, highly of you. If you don't think you're nothing, okay, well, that's what they're saying because you but, are but, presenting. You're right. But that, then that ain't being narcissist. That ain't being a narcissist. That's not being a narcissist. If I'm supposed to have the best or think I'm supposed to have the best, that ain't being a narcissist. That's not that's what I because said. it's thinking, but but you, you you some people use it in the same trait and it's not the same identification. It it could be the same principle kinda, but it don't mean the same thing. It's a double meaning to all that. If I think highly of myself, that's just me thinking highly of myself. You should too. That ain't me being a narcissist or none of that. That's just me thinking and knowing that I should have the best. Why should I and settle I for second rate? I, I see. I, I couldn't get it. And there, this is when I, you know, because narcissistic people, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm not that, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not that kind of narcissist. Narcissistic people want to tell everybody, well, I do want to tell everybody what to do, and if they would listen to me, the world would be in so much better that's, shape. That's, you that's, know? The first, that's the first trait. That's the first that's, trait. <laughs> That's the first trait. You like I said, you could you could deny it to yourself all you want to. That's why we have the ability to do that. We are all narcissists in a sense because we all have that trait. You you could be broke and still be a narcissist. It don't have nothing oh. to do about if you're rich or poor. You can be a narcissist just being broke. 
and see, people think when they hear narcissistic, it has to be, you know, middle class or up. Like, like you said, poor people could be narcissistic too. And one of my girlfriends, we grew up together. And, you know, I go off and do my life and, you know, I come back to Cleveland and we pick up where we left off at. Okay, so we're having a good time. Come to find out, and I kept saying, is she, she, I don't care what the conversation is about. She will come in and sit herself right, like right close to us. And like I said, we could be talking about beer cans and tennis shoes. And she comes in and sit down, and then she starts, oh, oh. And we say, well, what's the matter? Oh, girl, my back is hurting me. I got sciatica. I'm going through menopause. Something is leaking out my breath. I, oh, girl, I just feel so bad. So I'm like, well, maybe we need to go. You need to go to the doctor. Go no, to the you doctor. You need to junk that car. You need to junk that car. <laughs> oh, I that's like, yeah. I mean, I, I, and after that, I stopped asking, how you doing? Oh, well, girl, I had to go to the chiropractic three days a week. Now, now she's about big as a piece of straw, right? And I'm like, if she got all these ailments, you know, and it's always, you pay attention to me. What You don't you know, don't need to be talking about beer cans and tennis shoes. I need you to pay attention to me. I need to have all of the attention because I feel so empty. Right, no, but see, that's the difference. That's the difference between narcissism. That ain't, that ain't no part of narcissism. That's just recognize me in the room. That's because I want to be seen. I need attention. That ain't narcissism. That's just I oh, need see, attention. See, and but see, one of the one of the attitudes because I was reading this article and it said we have eleven signs of a narcissist, nine signs of a narcissist, fifty signs of a narcissist. I'm like, well, how many signs do they have? And if you got to have fifty different traits for one, a narcissistic personality, you know that's just too much. That just sounds like too much work, you know. But one of the things that sounds like civil. That sounds like civil. That's who that sounds like. Civil fifty. Yeah, that's being somebody else's oh, share yeah. of my body. Oh, I, yeah. I got twenty five. They got twenty five. Cause okay. I don't know who See, that is. You know what? And, and you know that's how she acts. Like, she a different personality. Like, we didn't see the other chick that came in or, you know, don't see her switching. So, And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, okay, I and I finally had to tell her. I finally had to tell her. You know, I love you to pieces, but I'm going to have to love you from a distance because you just got too much bad juju around you. I mean, when her kids were growing up, oh, she thought she was the best mama in the book. We couldn't tell her nothing. She was the best. Her kids was the best dress. They were the something that 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 that. And we were just like, she gonna run out of energy pretty soon. She need to learn to pace herself. She wanted to manipulate the situation. She wanted to exploit her relationships with her with her husband, with her kids, and everybody's supposed to feel sorry for her. And, you know, when she comes around, we should just drop everything that we're doing and just pay attention to her. And there's nothing that used to piss me off about her. She would come go through all that. Then she would just get up and walk out the room. I'm like, what WTF? Well, they weren't saying that, no, but we were. And so I, right, some, some people you she, just she can't deal through. with. Right. She was she through. Was, yeah. She was like, I said she what I had stuck. to say. I made my attention. <laughs> <laughs> did she have then, did she have relatives? Did oh, she got yeah. relatives, sisters and brothers? Mm-hmm. Was she the middle child? Uh, She is. I think she's like the fourth child out of seven. No, maybe she's the fifth child out of seven. 
Yeah, she's seven. basically I think she, almost she, a middle yeah, child. Yeah, she's a baby down there. You know, she she down there, and she always wanted everybody to just dote on her. Like, he, you know, I, I'm the pretty girl in the room, and you don't really have any significance in your life, and what you need to do is just go sit over there and watch how beautiful I can act and I can bring. What the girl make a, a song about, I, my milkshake bring all the boys to the parking lot or to the playground. I know people go say, to the parking lot. Don't be trying to what, go wait, what milkshake you got that's bringing them to the parking lot? <laughs> my milkshake bring the boys to the parking lot? That's to the parking right. lot. My yeah, well, like, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we, you got me psyched though, both songs. You, who I is you? Will Mother Yankovic? You weird Mother Yankovic? Because you over here oh, making up songs. Oh, I'll make up songs as I go along. Wait a minute, there's a song out, and it was like, I'm going to tell you what the name of it was it, one of the lyrics, and it was some of the lyrics were, "I got five on it, one time, kind of and I got yeah. five. Yeah. And I just, I, I, you know, like the beat because I asked them, "Did you even listen to the lyrics?" They said, "Oh my, we don't be listening to the lyrics. We just listen to the beat." And so I got the beat, and it was like a cool beat. And I'm singing it. He was like, "My, uh, my, please stop." Please, please don't sing. Don't let nobody even know you know that standard. I said, well, what's wrong, Candy? What I can't have five on it for? He said, Mama, it's a reefer song. I said, what does uh, that and, mean? And, and, and what is, if people really, if these little, if these little young kids really knew their mamas, if, 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 if the mamas and daddies would really tell their kids, who they was when they was growing up. Their kids wouldn't even like them. Oh, no, they or they would want to like... run with them. They want to, or they want to run with them. I said, he wanted to hack. I said, I don't, I, I'm not your friend, honey. I'm not your friend. I'm your mother. That's your father. We will be friendly to you, but I'm not your friend. You go hang out with your friends. That's what you do. I don't want you going any place with me. And then one time, I, well, I, I, we, a couple of times, he went on the road with me, you know, and, you know, he liked the whole limousine, whole thing, and just was just, I'm like, he's like, this is what you do? I'm like, what did you think I was doing? You know, so anyway, I, he goes with me, and, and I'm like, oh, and we're sitting in the bar, and he was, he was turning I think he was, no, he was in high school. And we picked him up from school, went to the airport, got on the plane, went out there to spend the day with Michael Jackson. Yeah, that Michael Jackson. And he was like, okay, Mom, we're, uh, we're not in California. We're in New York. What's the legal drinking age in New York? I say legal drinking age for you is 21. You ain't drinking nothing. So then he discovered the mini bar. And I said, well, we're, we're safe up in here. And let me see how he could handle his liquor. He couldn't handle his liquor. Some people don't need to put alcohol in it. <laughs> See, that's right there. You just told the story. We ain't going to even say his age, folks, because this is not to even be discussed how old this boy was that he can't hold his liquor. We don't even And I was like, we don't even want to know. We no, don't even want to know. He was sick as a dog. He he he, and we had the uh, in one of those fancy hotels, and the beds are really low, like in Asia, they're really low. So you have to almost like sit on the floor and roll on the bed to get down there. So he was he ain't he did not take his clothes off. He didn't take his coat off. He just got on the on the bed and he said, "What?" When I saw him the next, he was laying on the side of the bed, knocked out. And he gonna ask me, "Well, uh, well, Mama." Uh, uh, did I handle it well? I'm like, you waking up on the floor. You tell me. You tell me. Yeah, ask me where. 
Yeah, see, <laughs> if he had, see, had to pull that up point, a regular side bed, he probably would have been that, dead. Yeah, at that point, yeah, I, I, oh. I, I'm, I'm too petty. You, you was great because I would have came back and been like, boy, you okay? You been asleep for five days. I would have been evil. <laughs> you would have been evil. No, that's petty. That's petty. It's a difference between evil and petty. You know oh. what I'm saying? Like that, uh uh-uh. No, I would have, you know, because, you know, and I'm going to just make this public announcement. I just think parents shouldn't smoke and drink with their kids. I just think no. you shouldn't. Well, I, well, and you I know, know they always I, say, I, I, I want them to smoke with me. I, I, I mean, I, I get I, it, but I, I don't think you should. Because it, it ain't that you said a bad example. If they're an adult. I mean, if they're adult, I still don't want to drink with my kids. I don't want to drink with my kids. Because I don't even want to see how you act. I don't want to see how you act. I don't, because I already know. I want to see see how they act. Mm -mm. You know, one of of Mm -mm. my relatives, she would get drunk, and, you know, there's the happy drunk, that would be me, and then there's the I I love everybody in the room. When I I would get drunk, I love everybody. I love you. They're like, you don't know who that is, but I love them anyway. I was the happy drunk. Then you got the the civil drunk. They get, get drunk and say all kind of stuff, but don't remember a word they said. And oftentimes, that's some nasty I stuff that they said. You mean I said that? I didn't <laughs> say that. I didn't say that. that. Did I say that? I don't believe you. Then other people go, oh, yeah, we saw you. You just went off on them and called them all kind of names. And you, we were like, okay, get it out. Just get it out the system. She cussed out at least three people that night. I mean, just, I mean, really went off on them. It was like she'd been holding on to this stuff for like a, a year. <laughs> See me. And another like, thing. <laughs> and another yeah. thing. Let me tell you something. And another thing, because I just let me tell you. I will tell you, don't, don't rush me. You ain't even making no sense. Well, I'm going to tell sound like you. A drunk, you, you sound like a drunk You make me sick. <laughs> Right, you make me sick. I can't stand you. You make me oh. sick. Oh, my God. And then when you come up, you say, mm-mm. And see, Kennedy was mine. He was, he was the guy for me because he would tell me. Uh, and see, I, I remember everything when I was drunk because I said, I ain't going to never get so drunk I won't remember anything. Even after I fell in the bushes at, on campus, I was walking down, the, walking across the mural, and I don't know what had happened. And I woke up to, when the sun came up, and my feet were in the bushes, and I was passed out. And I said, all oh, y'all was walking past me and would just leave me. How y'all know we were, I wasn't dead? They said, because you were snoring. I was like, I was not storm passed out on them. That that's yeah. horrible that you even did that in the bushes. Like the and, and the people just walk by you, that just you people that care about you. Ain't nobody oh, wait for nothing. I was like so wait so what about friends and well a couple of them recognized my shoes because I would always have on these wild looking shoes. They saw my shoes and they were like Oh damn! She done passed out. Do we leave right here? Or do we get her up? So I'm opening up my eyes and I'm like, I don't even know how I'm gonna stand up because I'm my legs are in the bushes by my knee and I had no leverage. I can't put my feet down in the bushes. I can't pull myself up because they bushes. They came and got me up out of the, got me up out and got me back to the dorm. And they said, Oh, don't think we can't. You don't think we ain't gonna tell this. Oh, we can't wait to tell this. Oh, you, you ain't, you ain't got, you lucky they ain't had no camera. You lucky <laughs> back in the day they ain't had no camera. Oh, my God. You would have never did that job. I would have been a, I would have been an influencer. 
Yeah, and you're oh, right. Oh, yeah, you would have been in that influence, all right. Up. Some of the stuff you do when you're growing up, and you, then after you you done got you start having kids, and they want to ask you stuff, and you're like, Mm-mm, I want you to know that our son and, uh, and, and my husband, they don't tell them kids nothing. I said, you know, and I tell the stories about him growing up and everything. Like, Mom, why are you telling right. them that? And I'm like, because they need to know their history. What's wrong with that? You know, I ain't tell them about the time. I said, I will, but I, ain't t- I don't tell all this stuff. They're not old enough to know all of that stuff, you know, because you know what our people would say, stay out of grown folks' business. You don't need to be talking. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm petty up. enough. I'm petty enough to go out and, and, and take some fakery pictures and put them in a the portfolio and, and have the kids looking through there. Dad, you, you got arrested? Yeah, I got arrested. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got all pictures in there of me in jail, me drinking with a whole bunch of people, smoking weed. They'd be like, Dad, you was rowdy as rowdy, huh? Like yeah, that's, that's oh, what you want to oh. think that. Yeah, that, that that's I'm gonna my mess my kids up. <laughs> Wait, one of my friends, he got he got three kids. He got three kids. Okay, so he was over visiting, and you know we went for his kids to come down and everything. But before the kids came down, you know I was asking him, so how are the kids doing it? You know what you be doing? He said, let me tell you, my job. Especially not they think my job is to f them up myself because if I don't f them up myself, right, somebody right, else right. is gonna do it. So I'm gonna right. let them know so they can they can think. If my daddy would do that right. to me, what would other people out there? So I got to be on my people right. too. So I got to pay attention to this. And he and he, <laughs> one of his kids, one of his kids told me one time it was so funny. He must be about 15, and he came. He was sitting next to me, and he leaned over, and his dad was coming in the door. He said, "Oh Lord." You know, I can only take so much of him at one time. But this is your father. <laughs> you say, right. I can't, take like, what? I can't spend hours. I can't spend hours nope. with him because he he said the he said the wildest stuff. He said I want to know what they're gonna be like when they drunk. I want to know what they're gonna be like with they when they high. Like sit down, come on, get high with me. And I was like, you know, that's aiding and abetting to the delinquency of a minor. Right. Said, Without their right. dad, what, who, who they gonna tell? Who they gonna tell? They ain't gonna tell, and everybody gonna say. That's like when you're drunk and something they tell you what you did this next day and you go, what you said. Uh, I, what? I did that? I did that? You mean, Keisha, I did that? Why, why you got to have a squeaky voice? Why I got to go up eight octaves? Why, cause you, I why, do that. You don't... Did I do that? <laughs> so, so, so your ass so did you, Okay, well, see, now, you know what? You ain't even have to, you did really not need to put that piece of information out here in the world because that's how we know, and men do it. Most people do it, but men do it the best because you can go from, hello, uh, we're here. I don't know why you're taking us that way. I don't know why you think I'm lying. Because <laughs> you right. are. Everybody, that's why I say everybody got a trait of everything in them. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you really want to, okay, you know I'm Mr. Petty always ready. Here go another pettiness. Uh, if you really want to sock your kids or, or make your kids know if you're really crazy, one day, this, this is what you do. I'm just telling y'all to set it up. Do it Go get, listen, listen, go get you a straight jacket. And, you know, one of them, them, you know, hospital straight jackets. And then go in your kid, throw it in your kid's room somewhere where so when you walk in, you can see it. And you just ask your kids, hey, have you seen my jacket? And of course, they're going to be like, nah, what jacket you talking about? And you'll be like, oh, you know, the, the the jacket with the little, with the, um, it's got the little straps on it. It's got the little, little rings and stuff on it. Nah, ma, I ain't seen that. 
Oh, I thought you ain't seen my jacket. It's right there over in the corner. Is that my jacket? And you pull it out, and it's a straight jacket. And they be like, Ma, where you get that from? Oh, I got that when I got out. <laughs> you they gave me that when I got out. When I got out. Like, Ma, ain't that a straight jacket? Yeah, that's what they gave me when I got out. <laughs> what you going to tell them? I remember they asked me one time. Uh, well, my my son asked me one time. He said, "Ma, have you ever been to jail?" With I've been to jail twice. He was like, "I'm on the run with a criminal." I'm like, "It wasn't that kind of stuff. I ain't steal nothing from nobody." I told him, the first time I went, it was in protest, and I said, "Y'all, yeah, y'all need to take me to jail because as soon as I see that heifer, I'm gonna kill her. I'm going to stro- strangle the <laughs> life out of her." And I meant that. They said I went from the color brown to red to navy blue. Then my hair started, my eyes got all watery. This chick done lie. I mean, and people kept saying, we don't believe you. That's not the person we know. We know her longer than we've known you. And everybody <laughs> told Everybody told I felt bad for her. I felt bad for her because she lived on one side of campus, and I lived over where all the cool people. She lived on the north campus. I lived on the west campus. And people would say, well, okay. so don't, don't, don't be bothered with her. You know, I mean, she, she, something is wrong with her. And she, she, she said she didn't have any friends, and she came over to, you know, our resident hall. And, you know, I saw her. She was sitting there just looking so pathetic. And I went over and introduced myself to her. And uh, we got to talking. And, and she was cool for okay. life. You know, she was really cool. So then I said, what? I, I said, I got, we got room in our suite. Do the paperwork, and you can come over here and live with us. What the hell was I thinking? Mm-mm. Be careful this what chick, you ask. Oh, you can't help everybody. <laughs> Sometimes you just Woo. can't help everybody. She she stole all my little appliances, and you know, cause my 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 room looked like a little apartment. You know, I got the you know the the, the hot the hot plate, the uh, toaster oven, the AM FM radio. Right. That was a big thing, and you know and stuff. And I always kept some kind of food in there, you know, like a snack on, because right. I had a, I had several late classes. I come home from class, and I was working with one of the fraternities, helping them with their you know the projects. So I'm on the other side of campus. People ain't seeing me. Watch while I'm gone. She does, she went to the one of my friends was a loan shark. And he he would give me anything I wanted. So and she didn't know what our relationship was like, but she had seen me with him and his and his cousin all the time. So she found out what he did. She goes down to his room and she says, um, "Hey, how you doing? Um, and I, I'm her, I'm her I'm her new roommate." And she said that um, you would loan me some money. And he said, "I don't know you." So then she he said, and if you do want it, you're going to have to give me some collateral. She went upstairs and got all my stuff. Now, he had been in my room long enough to know what my stuff looked like, right? So he said, yeah. come told me, don't do this. But I said, she might do something, you know, to uh, tore up your property or something. So he gave her a little, it was like $25, 50 something like that. But back then, when you were a college student, that's a lot of money, you know. Right, that's so a lot he, of he, money, he, he yeah, for food. Yeah, he, he loaned he her the money. So I'm walking across the yard. I had to come back to my room to get something. I am covered in blue and white glitter, and this is in the summertime, and I'm sticky, and I can't get all the glitter off my hands, but I need to get to the place. I'm walking across the yard. If I tell you a half a dozen people, even people I didn't even know, but they knew me, were saying, you got to get that chick out of your room. She's still in the selling off all your stuff. So I was like, what? 
I came back wow. to my room. It was darn near empty. And I told him, I said, uh-uh, she, it was like, I said, I'm going to kill this chick. I'm going to snatch the life out of this heifer if it's I go to prison for this because that ain't even right. Okay, so I was really being dramatic. And so uh, when it got me, at, at, even the police officer, the campus police said, girl, we've been looking for you for two days. <laughs> Where you been? I told him, and he was the one that told me what was going on because he had to be all around all the campus. And and he was he was in he was our wow. white uh, our white brother because if you did, if you looked at me like okay, as soon as he started talking, oh he he might be passing for white because uh-uh. he he had the nuances down too tough. Right. Mm. <laughs> My mouth was dry. So he tells me. And I'm like, oh, I'm going over here and get this up. Well, the back then, you know, a big guy could pick me up around my waist and my feet. Be, I'm like, no, let go of me. I'm going to kill this up. Let me go. I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. He messed up with the wrong person. And, you know, I was, like, really using, like, grown-up profanity. So oh, yeah. they get me over to the police station. Uh, and, they, you know, they get me calmed down and everything. And so they said, well, you're going to have to stay. They didn't have any place to keep me locked up. So he took me to the county, the county facility. And they were like, why are you bringing this child in here? He said, because she didn't threaten threaten somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. And and I'm going through. Yes, I'm glad I'm here. Write me up. Put me behind bars because y'all just stopped the murder. And they was like, is she serious? Is she? I told her what my friends told her. Uh, uh, And I had to go to court. Uh, for, I don't know, that was something else. That was the other time I was in jail. <laughs> mm. I went in a big Mm-mm. sweep. When they, that was with the, with the uh, it was a big sweep. And I was like, oh, snap, I ain't got nothing to do with this. But she, she was awful. This was the sad part about it. She came from an extremely affluent family. It, her father put $500 every month in her bank, in her bank account. I mean, she when I, when I met her father, because I told her, you got to come up and get this chick. She got to get out of my place. And when he found out what she did, he said, get all your stuff, let's go. You don't deserve to be around other people. He was angry at her because this was her um, exploitive and manipulative behavior. And that's how she was. She always felt like, well, I should have whatever I want, and I don't care um, what it does to you. I don't care how you feel about me. I'm like, do you know what the word empathy means or sympathy and a lot of narcissistic people want to just do it and tell you everything. See, that's what I think. Uh, yeah, see, see that stuff like that? See, I'm man, because I know me. I'm so petty. When she would have been acting all like that, I'd have been like, you know, especially when you think you're entitled to stuff. And I just, all I do, all I would do, because <laughs> I know I'm petty, as soon as they be like, I'm entitled, <laughs> I'm supposed to have this, I'd be like, you know what? I should have left on the doorstep at our old house, and then I wouldn't have never brought you home. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> you like my you friend when you traumatizing his kids. When you traumatizing Let me show kids. you this note. I'm going to show you this note that was left. I got a note wrote just for this occasion. But <laughs> it says, please. I am unable to handle this child. Could you please raise this child to the best of your ability? Unsigned mother of this child. That's all I would have put on it. I said, this is a note that somebody left on my doorstep with you in that basket. And I went and got an Easter basket with, with, with a bunch of Easter straw in it. I just would have been cheesy. I would have been patty. Like, this, this is, oh, and this is your blanket. Right this here. is your blanket. He said grass. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and, and this is your blanket. <laughs> this and, is the blanket you, know who, you had when you came. Your, you know, your parents, parents can really jack you up. I mean, my mother jacked me up. And, and she gave, I won't say but, and she gave me critical life lessons that I take with me every day. Every day. I mean, the ugly part of her, I told, used to tell her, you know, when I get grown, I'm going to make a living off of y'all. Y'all need to come on. We could be the first family of comedy. And I'm not, I never thought I was the funniest one. I never thought I was the funniest one. But get us in a room together. When we were growing up, our mother would invite her friends or they would just show up at the door early in the morning, you know, and they come in. Where the kids? Where the kids? She'd get them all up. Yeah, so we, and our job was to come down and entertain them. And once we got finished entertaining them, now I found out they was half drunk that early in the morning, or maybe they just came home right. and they just said where the sun is up. We would come down and entertain them, and we would get $5. I mean, when you're like 10, 11 years old, $5, you could spend a dollar yeah, a day a and have of, a bag. That's a, <laughs> that's, a, that's a bunch of candy diabetics. So <laughs> that's well, candy diabetes right there. That's, that's candy diabetes. But we didn't know that, but... But when you right. uh, we were able to, you know, we were able to burn that off because we went outside and played. We played baseball, handball, dodgeball. People rode their bikes. They went roller skating. You know, so we, it was always some kind of activity, some kind of physical activity going. And when the summertime came and they opened up POC, we all in the pool jumping off the high diving board. Right. So we always had activities. Right. You know, you tell these kids, and this is horrible, horrible, horrible. Go outside. That these, predators, <laughs> these predators prey on these children like they do. And, and grown-ups, a man, I know he had to be, something is wrong with his mental, his mental capacity. A woman outside her house sweeping up the leaves. This is an elderly woman. They say she's elderly. He just, he walked past her, then he turned around and walked back and brutally beat this woman for no reason. Right. Just beat her. And he walked down the street like, you know, what? And the people tried to catch him, you know, before the uh, somebody went and called 911, and they got him to the hospital. Now they're looking for this idiot. I mean, I shouldn't call him an idiot because obviously there's something wrong. And we got a serious mental health issue here in the United States, and I'm just glad it's being, you know, finally being talked about. Because they used to tell, you can't talk about that. You can't tell people you got a psychiatrist right. or you got a psychologist. I'm like, okay, but I do. And I had they gave me a, a psychologist and a psychiatrist, and, and this is when I was 14 years old, getting ready to graduate from junior high school, and now they call it middle school. Then, then uh, getting ready to graduate from uh, junior high, and I, a, a teacher beat me. My homeroom, not my homeroom teacher. We was in study hall. We were in study hall, and the teacher had a little wooden stick. It wasn't a ruler. It was a little wooden flat stick. And he was a big, burly uh, black guy. And uh, he came in. I'm sitting on the front row where I always sat. And it, it was trash, you know, next to next to my seat. And he walked over to me and slapped the stick on the side of my, uh, side of my armchair. And he said, pick that up. First time, I just ignored him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's he not talking to me. So he did it on the other arm, on the other side of the chair. And he slapped that side. And then he was like right next, his foot was right next to the, you know, this, this crumpled of paper that were there. And so okay. he, I said, after he hit me, no, after he hit the chair the second time, he, he said, uh, I said, pick that up. I turned up and I said, I didn't put it down there. 
he took that stick and slapped me upside the left side of my head like I was some <laughs> criminal on the street. I mean, he literally started slapping me with this right. stick. He snatched me out of my chair. He was standing over me trying to choke me. I grabbed his tie to help him get on him to get get away from me. And and and, and he kept he kept hitting me with this stick and hitting me with the stick. And his other arm, you know, choking me. About four or five of my class, my uh, uh, me, uh, uh, well, I won't get it. Four of our male friends, four of my male friends, was jumping over the seats in the auditorium because that's where the study hall. I mean, they literally jumped right. over the seats. And I could see them jump, and they like pushing him off of me, and he not letting me go. And they they finally got him up off of me, and they said, "Run, run!" I could I was couldn't run fast enough, and it was two like a step or two to get from out of the auditorium up to the hallway. And I oh, when okay. I. I Got to the, I got to the second, I got to the first step, got to the second step. He had got away from the poor boy. Man, he kicked me so hard, and my behind, he cracked my cockpit. At that time, I didn't know if I had a cockpit. Right, right. What? Yeah. He yeah, these kids. Yeah. Wow. My nose See, these is bleeding. Are... My, my, wow. my shirt is torn. And and I'm I, I'm sitting on the assistant principals, you know the one they say go to the principal's office. And you got to sit on the bench and wait till they get ready. And so right. I'm standing there bleeding, and she see me. There's nobody else in her office, and I'm saying, Miss So and So, Miss So and So, Miss So and So, hit beat me with a stick. Mind you, I got a bruise on my forehead. I got another by the side of my head. And when he kicked me, he kicked me so hard when when I when I landed, wow. I landed on my hand. Blood is gushing out of my chin. It's all over my shirt. My mama going to beat me to death because I don't wear a brand new shirt that she told me, don't you wear my shirt. Don't you wear, and I wow. wore her shirt. I was cute till that happened. And I got blood all over me. So finally, she just kept ignoring me. So I walked out to school and my aunt and uncle lived behind, right behind the school. It wasn't even a five minute walk. And it seemed like I had like concrete on my feet. It's like, am I going to make it through here? Am I gonna make it? And everybody was right. going to work. This is like 11 o'clock in the morning. But I get to my aunt and uncle's house, and my aunt is like 17 months pregnant. She can't hardly move. My uncle gets me. I'm, you know, I fall against the door, and he heard the thud, and he went out. And when he came, came to see me, he just picked me up, and he said, I got to take her to the hospital. Take her to the emergency room. It's got blood everywhere. We'll be back. And that's when you could keep your doors open, right? So I get to the emergency room, and they said, okay, back right. then, if you was an uncle or aunt, you know, they didn't care as long as you signed the paper. But right. he called my mother. Right. And my mother came to the hospital to get me. By the time she get me, because he, he had also um, twisted my twisted my right arm some kind of way that they put it in a sling. It wasn't broken, but it was, uh, it wasn't broken, but it was, you know, it was really painful. So they gave me, did that, and I got a big patch on my forehead. Right. I got a big patch up under my, up under my chin, and, you know, and I got bruises all over me, and I'm walking funny. So everybody was like, mm-mm. And see, sometimes, you know, stuff like that happened, and come to find out, he did all right. of that because I called him the day before having sex with my classmate, and he said, you Mouth, you better open your mouth. And I didn't open my mouth. And I said to my friend, if you don't tell the authorities, I'm going to tell them because what he's doing to you is called rape. And, you know, people thought it was rape. No, this is rape, R-A-P-E. And she said, no, no, please don't tell them. Please don't tell them. He's going to give me an A in class for you. What? Right. I, and I, I was saying, I was D-O-E. 
Right, and then eventually they made me go to another school, and that's how I got the psychiatrist and the psychologist. And I think if anybody else needs therapy, it's black people and women. That's just what I'm saying. This has been a right, lively conversation. We are going to come table this until another great day, and that will be on Friday. Know that we love you, and there's nothing you can do about me and Cool TLC loving you. Peace, my baby. Yeah, yeah. Have a lesson. See ya. Wouldn't want to be a Well, the people all across the world Are you ready right now? For the mother love, mother love Show me, for the mother love, mother love Show me, show, show The Nefertiti of the needy, the defender of the tender Worldwide appeal with a hometown Phyllis mother love You ain't good as you ain't good as